it was a small little window. Like literally it was a microscopic little hole where I had this uh, opportunity to realize that maybe I didn't have it. And in that window, uh, there was a small little glimmer of hope. And I, I got up and I said to my wife, I don't got this, I need help. And that, that little moment right there was a spark that really unraveled really what comes in the next six and a half years. You know, every business, and we're talking about business development, is all about one thing. Every business is the same model. You come up with an idea and then you expand it and organize it. In order to grow, you have to step out on the thin branches of life, mm. right? Those things that you don't know. I have a hard time, my ego wants to tell me, I got this. Right, and, and, my, and my ego wants to defend itself. Watch out for the fears, ang uh, fear, anger, and anxiety. You know, just stay, stay away from checking out. Right, if, if we can help our other brothers uh, in that same spot, as, stay as conscious as we can. You know, if you're in business, you know that not every day is going to be a great day. And if you're lucky, the business you're in actually serves a passion in your life, and so it makes those challenging days all the worth it. But there will be those days that those days that will challenge us. And how we respond to those challenges can mean all the difference for our staff and our customers. Now, today, my guest has transformed a simple painting job into a construct, construction industry leader. And he shares his wisdom on leadership, what leadership looks like today, the future, and so much more. Now, in the meantime, if you're interested in raising your standards as a father, husband, and entrepreneur, then I encourage you to participate in our Band of Brothers group mentorship program. You know, we're a group of ordinary guys working towards living extraordinary lives. You can find all this information at the Awakened Man Training Academy at members.theawakenedman.net. And with that, let's get on with today's episode. The average man today is sleepwalking through life. Many never reaching their true potential, let alone ever crossing the finish line to living a purposeful life. Yet, the hunger still exists, albeit buried amidst his cluttered mind, misguided beliefs, and values that no longer serve him. It's time to align yourself for greatness. It's time to become a revolutionary man. Stay strong, my brother. Welcome everyone to the Revolutionary Man podcast. I'm the founder of the Awakened Man movement and your host, Alan DeMonso. Let me ask you a question before we get started. What has been the biggest thing that is preventing your business from moving forward right now? Now, while you could say it's economy, it's government, regulations, etc., and all these things come pale really in comparison to our ability to lead our company and work through those challenges. And it takes courage, persistence to see the business through challenging times. And so today my guest shares his story and he believes he will need to be able to what we need to do to lead others for our, and our businesses into the future. Now allow me to introduce my guest. Anthony is a, is a founder of the CD Group, the national commercial construction firm that has built over 1 million square feet of retail space, working with some of the largest brands. And Anthony has a true passion for finding out what makes people successful in life and business. He's also a bit of a futurist in that he loves diving into the conversation about what the future holds for us personally and professionally. And that includes adventures that shape our journey. Welcome to the show, Anthony. How are things, brother? Awesome, brother. I'm so glad to be on the show. I love your show. I'm, I'm an avid listener and uh, I'm just grateful to be on the show tonight. Thank you. Ah, thank you so much. Well, and as a, as a listener, you know very well what this very first question is going to come out as. And, you know, in my men's work, we always talk about all of us being on a hero's journey or a hero's quest. So tell us about a particular time in your life and you were challenged, maybe felt lost or faced a challenge and you knew things had to change. 
what did you do and how did that experience shape you into the man you are today? Alan, you know, I, uh, I think that's, that's right. Right. Each one of us men face, face a spot in life where we either take this, we take the step or we, you know, we keep going down that road. That's not working, <clears throat> you know, about uh, seven years ago, a little bit over six and a half years ago, I, uh, I woke up one morning and realized life wasn't working right. I was 48 years old. I'd been drinking and drugs and I'd had multiple relationships and kids, right? I had, I had gone through some real ups and, and, and here back then I said, I said, nice to laugh at everybody. I'm like, I could dance with the devil. I had such a, such a resistance to changing. And it was such a, I, I can dance. I, I got this. And I was, I would do my addictions and, and uh, life where we're, we're in a spot where I, I couldn't see that I was ruled by an addiction. And uh, that really, that morning, that, that small little, it was a small little window. Like literally it was a microscopic little hole where I had this uh, opportunity to realize that maybe I didn't have it. And in that window, uh, there was a small little glimmer of hope. And I, my, I got up and I said to my wife, I don't got this. I need help. And that, that little moment right there was a spark that really unraveled really what comes in the next six and a half years. Unbelievable. And to have that, uh, to have that awakening really. And as we talk about here at the awakening man, is that moment in life that finally it hits us. Right. And I believe there's always spirit pushing us, nudging us. And sometimes it becomes a gentle nudge and other times and we need a hit in the side of the head, like a two by four. And however we get there, it's not really important how we <laughs> get there, man, but we got to get there. We got to wake up and make a change. And so what I really did like about learning about your story is that when you got started in this uh, construction business, you, you were doing projects for another firm, if I, if I understand correctly, yeah. you guys figured out how you could do these discovery zone playgrounds in under seven days. And it makes me think that whatever you were up against, you figured a few things out. So tell me how it is that you got to that point and how that your whole, in, your whole work has transformed you know, I, I, I look back on, you know, you look back over your life and you see the little steps that get you to where you are. You know, even today, I have a hard time looking forward, right? As I look forward uh, to know what I want to be when I grow up, I, I laugh, right? Because there's such an abundant world. There are so many opportunities that are coming at us. But when I look backwards, you know, I, uh, I, I started my career uh, working for a, a boiler room, just like you said, it's just like you watch any of his movies, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I worked in one of those boiler rooms, and very early on, I worked for a guy who taught me how to how to how to how to make sales. Right, it was great. He literally had me on the phone for two or three hundred phone calls every single day, and he would tell me, "You can't put the phone down. Just touch the button with your finger and dial the next one." And do it. But and I, I would learn that you could use your voice. And you could really create relationships in the way that you talk to people. And mm -hmm. I remember the first time someone sent me a check for $20,000 over the phone. I'm like, oh my God, I never met this woman. And she sent me a check for 20,000 bucks. And that was a great thing to learn that I could build relationships in language. And then mm -hmm. I, smart, I started a, a painting company uh, when the stock market crashed. and It was tough. Uh, we all kind of went broke in the stock market in 87 where it just was a tough time. But I went out and started a little painting company and I would, I went back to school and I learned how to paint uh, houses and I would be really good at being clean cut, being something that someone could, could look at and go, all right, you're a trustworthy guy. And I would dress the part, act the part and, and, and do the part. Now, even though I didn't know how to run a business at the time, I, I barely even knew how to, how to, I was, you know, every business and we're talking about business development is all about one thing. Every business is the same model. You come up with an idea and then you expand it 
and organize. Every business is the same. Like look, look, literally every business that we operate, every time I, I meet with a, a business leader or an entrepreneur, that's the mantra. It's yeah. expand and organize. And, and that's where, uh, you know, I really started that. And, <clears throat> you know, as a, as a small painter, we figured out how to, how to paint houses and become very efficient, how to create a system around it. And that's really what we did. We, we, we figured out we could pressure clean the house the day before. Then we'd go in and we'd tape off every single item. Like if it wasn't getting painted, it had tape on it. And we'd spend hours and hours and hours and rolls and rolls and rolls of tape and paper. And we would tape everything off, dig, dig it along the base of the house. And then we would we'd get our sprayers out. The next morning we'd come in and we had a team of four guys and they, they were just great. So they would start with a sprayer and one guy would back roll behind it. And the deal was if you could get around the house fast enough to catch the roller, you could paint them. Right. You're so, so it kind of created a little bit of a competition. So guys would, you know, kind of get around the house and giddy up. And then by the time you get the second one around, it was hot enough in Florida where you could start doing trim work. And then that became a system. And, and, and we, sh we showed, you know, we gave customers a value and it was something they, they could count on. The prices were great. And then we did the same thing with our friends. And somewhere in there, I got a commercial project. Right. I, I went to work for a general contractor who kind of took advantage of me. Right. It was a, it was a banana Republic. I don't remember banana Republic, the, the store for the clothing store, but at the time it had like 30 or 40, maybe 35 different colors of white, you know, off white, antique white, uh, uh, sunshine white. There were all these different whites and I'm like, well, it's, it's all white. It can't be that hard. I, I gave it, you know, I gave him a really cheap price and, and the contract's like, yeah, I'll take you. And you know, I lost my shirt, but the best part about it was I didn't lose my shirt. What I did is I learned how to have insurance. Mm. I learned how to show up on a commercial job site. I learned to figure out how much paint I was going to use. Truth was, even though I didn't make any money on that, I learned. And learning from that contractor was great. And that was, again, organizing, right? Expand, get into commercial work. Now you have to organize. Now you have to figure that out. And then I got into Discovery Zone, the playgrounds for kids. And back then, those things were all different colors. The ductwork would be blue and the, and the, and the fire uh, uh, the sprinkler lines would be red and Every, every white, every wall was a primary color. And I just figured out that if I took the, if I took the, uh, all, all the material and I painted it out in the parking lot, right before, you know, you imagine this, you're in Florida and the higher you go, the hotter it is, there's, you know, on a construction site, there's no AC running, right. And it's hot up there, right. Cause you get the sun beat on the roof and you're up there trying to paint all the ductwork and stuff. You, you pass out. Right. So I figured out if you painted it all on the ground and then when they put it up in the air, all you had to do is touch it up. And that was revolutionary. Some guy saw me do that and he's like, oh, that's his genius. So he uh, invited me up to Chicago and he offered me a job and I went to work for Discovery Zone. And for a bunch of years, I, I built those playgrounds. And again, I learned how to put systems together, right? And these playgrounds at the time were, were some really rich guy who who, who uh, owned Discovery Zone. He sold it to, this, to the guys from uh, who bought Discovery Zone. And, and they said to me, Anthony, we got to go much faster. This guy would build the playgrounds. He had a mansion in Kansas city. He would build these things in front of his front yard. Right. And he had this amazing house. He had a, he had a basketball. It was the first house I ever saw that had a basketball court in his living room. Right. Oh, he's kind of, right. He's kind of a unique man. And I, I got to spend some time with him and, and it would take him, you know, four or five weeks to build one. And my bosses were like, Hey, you can't do that. We, we need to build, you know, 60 of these a year. We need a couple of them a week. Right. You, you got to figure this out. So I, we figured out how to make little kits of parts. And we went to the manufacturers and we had them build those kits so that we could deliver them to job sites and put them together a lot faster. Again, it's like one of those things where you expanded an idea, right? Then you had to organize, right? Now we had to go to the manufacturers and, and make these little kits and then how to have them delivered so that each playground could be unique and work. And again, 
then that started, you know, just uh, I went on to other brands like Discovery, our, our uh, Blockbuster Video, and then Boston Market, and Einstein Bagels. I worked for all those companies, and I realized something. I got a call from friends, and I said, hey, we're going to start this little company called CDO Group. And I was like, well, what, what, what do we do with CDO Group? And he goes, look, uh, we're going to do the same thing we do for companies inside. We're going to do it outsourcing. And and I realized that companies were out there buying cows to get milk. They, you know, a company like Blockbuster Video shouldn't have a construction department. They should be renting videos. Or Boston Market shouldn't have a construction department. They should be selling chicken. Yeah. So we we offered that stuff on an outsourcing basis. And that's how CDO began. And that was about a little over 25 years ago. Wow, that's incredible. And the reason I wanted to really get into your into this story is because there's so many lessons to be learned there. And I think as you know, as we have entrepreneurs that listen to the to the show as well, and I think and those that are aspiring and wanting to get into into business, what I'm ta- what I take away and the notes that I put down here is that you weren't afraid to learn. You know, at some point, was that ever an issue for you where you were afraid to ask a question or to learn? And if that was the case for you. You know, what was the catalyst for you to start to shift and change that? You know, I, I, it's, it's a great conversation, right? Because in order to grow, you have to step out on the thin branches of life, mm. right? Those things that you don't know, right? And as we step out to those thin branches, right, you feel a little stupid, right? There's parts of my life where I, I really don't know how to do them. And, you know, it's it's gotten worse the further I've grown up in the ladder, right? There's there, as, as I've built bigger companies and, and bigger experiences, you know, I've, I, for me, I have a hard time. My ego wants to tell me I got this mm-hmm. right. And, and my, and my ego wants to defend itself. And it's really a shame because I, I get in everybody's way, right. I, I get, in, I, you know, when I walk around acting like I know stuff, it's not, not real great. Cause people get real frustrated with you. You hire yeah. these great people to can work for you. And then, you know, you keep acting like you've always have and not willing to change. They get kind of bored and tired of working. They, they want to move on somewhere else. Well, and that's so true, right? And it's about having the, uh, you know, and having the ability to understand that we can ask questions, even though we, ha- you know, we may have the, bo- the the position of boss, doesn't mean we have all the answers. As a matter of fact, we have fewer answers because there's other things going on and we aren't necessarily in the, in the weeds, as we like to say in, in my past career in hospitality, being in the weeds, it's, we don't necessarily know what we're dealing with on a, on a day-to-day basis or what our, what our staff are dealing with and our customers. And so to be able to step back. Now, did you ever have any, did you have any mentors along the way that helped shape your philosophy and your mindset? Or is this stuff that you've cut, you, you came up with out of books or, or taking classes? How, how did that all come for you? Well, you know, for me, it's, you, you have to get outside help. You know, <clears throat> but years back, I had this great woman, her name was Carol. And uh, Carol came to me one day, she goes, she was telling me a story. She goes, I, my granddaughter comes into my, my, in my uh, bedroom and she has this big clump of necklaces she got out of my jewelry box. And she takes this big clump of necklaces and she goes, and she's pulling on it, trying to get the necklaces out and, and they keep getting tighter and tighter. And, 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 and Carol goes, Carol, let me see that for a second. And she takes it and she, she holds on to it and she kind of pulls it a little bit. And she realizes, she goes, you know what? We need some outside help. And she puts it, lays it down on a, on a cloth and she goes over and gets a magnifying glass. Right? She goes, hey, look, it's got a magnifying glass. And she looks at it really good and she gets a couple of T-pins and she kind of spreads it out a little bit. And she looks at it and she realizes there's one of them that's kind of easy to take out. So she takes the easy one out first. And she goes, the second one, it was a lot harder to take out, right? Because, and the third one's a lot harder to take out. By the time she got the fourth and fifth one, they kind of fell apart. Well, I feel like that's how it is for me. I, I, I need outside help, right? The problem I have is with my brain is it wants to justify its behavior. If, I, if you look through all my business, you know, for the last 
six years, I've had amazing growth. Amazing. We've doubled our numbers. Uh, you know, uh, my second year of sobriety, we, we, we made more money in the second year of sobriety than I did the 10 years before that. Wow. Now, a, a big part of that for me is that I didn't realize that as a man, I carried around, you know, you ever watch Santa Claus? You know, he's got that big bag of toys on him, right? I carried this big bag of crap around with me. Mm. It was just crap. It was like literally childhood stories, pain, trouble. I, 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 I was weighed down. I was exhausted. I was always frustrated. I, I, I couldn't see. I had no clarity of vision. It was frustrating. And, and you know, I finally sat down with with some with some good uh, therapists and some good uh, uh, business coaches and some. You know, to me today, I've got great doctors, great lawyers. I've got, I, I mean, I've got a great team of people around me. It, it takes a village to raise Anthony. And uh, I love that because today they can look at the way I eat, the way that I sleep, the way that I act. How do I, how do I work out? Right? If I want to, if I want to be healthy, if I want to show up and build a great company, I've got to have the energy to do that. Yeah. If I want to show up to, to build a great company, I can't be sitting in, in my in my boyhood childhood pain and try to lead leaders, right? I, I've got to show up uh, with some clarity of vision and all those little items take some work. So I, I think that when you ask me if I, if I got mentors, I need a, a team of them. They surround me and I'm constantly looking for better and better mentors that, I mean, that can bring me another part, another, another part of me that I can work on. And when I practice that principle in all of my life, it seems like it does a pretty good job of, of helping me grow. Yeah. I would suggest that it's doing that as well, for sure. And what I liked, uh, what I like and note that I made here was about you were looking for clarity of vision. And, you know, I think that's so important for a lot of us guys, we have an idea or a vision when we were, you know, in our teens and in our early twenties of what, what we want to do and how life is. And then we get into life and stuff starts to happen, right? We, we get married, we have kids, we're going up the, we're getting, you know, we're buying homes, buying cars, lots of stuff is going on. And then we, we fall into the daily routine of life and, uh, and we end up by at times sleepwalking through it. And we, lose that vision or that, you know, that crystal ball gets cloudy. It's kind of like the headlights on an old car, right? The, the mirror just isn't, the glass just isn't as crisp as it used to be. And so it's not quite as bright. And because you spend the time to clean that and do and do that work, you've been able to gain, regain a clarity of vision. And like you said, you know, you know, second year sobriety, and by the way, congratulations on, on that hard work. That is a, a powerful and impressive work, my friend. But the amount that, of business changes just because of that clarity. Sorry, go ahead. That was a catalyst, right? Without that part of it, right? I, I couldn't smoke pot and drink every day. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do those things and all the rest of the work, right? You know, if if that's what happens up happening is I get the efforts, right? I, yeah, I'll sit and watch TV all night. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I can eat more bonbons. Yeah, I can have another cocktail. You know, all of a sudden the efforts kick in and that to me is where, you know, you, you can't build, you can't change, right? When I'm stuck in the efforts, the, you know, the, the, there's, I don't have a shot at this. You know, today when, when I'm not, when I'm not there, I may not have every day perfect. Like I, there are days where it's, it's, you know, something happens or, you know, uh, construction for the last couple of years because of COVID <clears throat> has been just really a lot of fun and, and we've grown a lot, but it's a lot harder and it's not always fun. But at least when I'm sober, the next days always seem to be just a little bit better. Yeah. Right. 
right? They don't seem to go backwards. They see if they could lean one way or the other day. Like the next day turns out, okay, I, we can deal with it, right? We today we, we can we can see it. But I, I want to go back to what you're talking about. You know, we we when we were young, we had a we had a we, we had a vision of something. Mm-hmm. I, I I have a real belief that we push into this time. We choose to come here. I don't know where we are before we get here, but I I, I always have this sense that I have a mission here. And I spent my first, I don't know, maybe even my 48 years, like, like I've got this dog and she's, when I let my dog off the leash, she, she runs around, sniffs everything. <laughs> right. And she, she's watched this beautiful dog. I love this dog. And, but I feel a lot like that's how it was for my first 48 years. I kind of ran around, uh, kind of sniffing that and eating pizza and, you know, whatever. Right? Yeah. And now I, today I realize I have some work I want to do. Mm. I, I'd like to create something better for the world. I like to give back to other men. Right. This work when we do work together as other men, there's something really beautiful about men's work. And um it, it takes it takes a little something to get there. And I, I think that sobriety was my first catalyst that helped that out. Yeah, absolutely for sure. And just you know, just before we got on, uh, you know, hit the record button, we were just talking about you just had a group of men over at your place and in doing some men's work. And so t- let's talk a little bit about that. How how is that going for you? Are you finding fulfillment in that? And what was the catalyst for 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 you starting some men's work? Yeah, I had some great friends uh, that I met through some twelve step work, and um, you know, I, what I really notice is that we we men are now in a time of life where it's more confusing than ever to be a man, mm-hmm. right? Our definitions of what we were and who we were supposed to be <clears throat> have changed so much in this last fifteen years. Right. And it is it's continued to change. You know, we used to be the breadwinners. We used to be the head of the family. Today, that's changing. Right. Our roles and what we say and how we act are being questioned every single day. And here and, and part of that, it needed to happen. Right. We were in this now time. We're called to be better men than ever. Mm-hmm. And it's time to step up. And but I don't know about you, but it takes a little bit. Right. I remember the first time I I went to a group. Uh, someone invited me to a daddy daughter weekend. And uh uh, it was this group called um, uh, MKP, Mankind Project, and they do a daddy-daughter weekend. This is a great group, right? This great, great group. And uh, they had a little breakout where the dads had a round circle. And they were talking about where you feel vulnerable with your daughter. And I I was like, really, I was kind of like, you know, sometimes my daughters, I have a couple daughters, and sometimes they they can get really, emo- they, they can get really cranky and they use the B-I-T-C-H word, right? I said, you know, they can be really, you know, that way with me and it, you know, I, I don't understand. Sometimes I hate my daughter and a man raised his hand and said, ouch. He goes, Hey, we don't use that word. When we talk to, we talk about women today, we're called to use different language, mm-hmm. right? In the language that we use, the way that we, even, even in the pains that we have, the language that we use defines the men that we would get to become. And it was hard for me to understand that, but that was the best lesson I'd ever gotten. Right? It literally was the start of a great way of going, <clears throat> My life gets created by the language I use, right? How I talk about myself and I talk about others and, and how I, t- you know, do I, do I need to walk around like talk like a sailor all the time? Not, not that I am pure as snow, but you know, right today I, I, I try to practice, you know, how, how can I speak creatively without, you know, without uh, bashing others. Yeah. And that takes a lot of, you know, the, the, so, so I found that men's group to go to that weekend. And in that weekend, I saw men be vulnerable and hold me accountable for a higher level, and I loved it. I was like, I I want more of that. I I I want to be part of a place where we work on each other to be better men, and yeah. it felt great. 
Right. It, it felt great. And, and that weekend I, I've done it ever since, you know, that was, that was a, a six years ago. And ever since that weekend, we've done it every year. And both of my daughters love to go and we write love letters. And we have these great weekends and we look forward to it. And, uh, you know, that led me to the MKP, which was a, a weekend where men go and you, you kind of become part of a, a men's group and a, a great group of men that have, uh, some great practices and some great languages. Yeah. Not only that, just some great processes to learn about that big ba- red bag of crap that I was carrying around, right? That big red bag of, of shame and guilt. And they had some great processes where I could, I could go and work on some of those with other men. Yeah. And what was great was other men were vulnerable to, as an example. I, I really got, uh, you know, for me, it was, it was great to, to meet brave other men who taught me how to be vulnerable. And uh, the question really became is how, if, what kind of life was I wanting to lead, you know, and how willing was I to be really vulnerable? And in that vulnerability became an opening that I never imagined yeah. I, I could create. And, you know, in that, you know, it was, it was a gift. And I would not have gotten that had I not had other brave men lead by example. And today I, I feel like that's where we're called to be. Mm. Right? As you do your podcast, this work that you do with your podcast and the, and the great people you have on, uh, you know, every week the, the the work is phenomenal, right? You can hear that we men are thirsty for for relatedness to each other, mm-hmm. right? The the, we, the meeting we had last night was a, a a different men's group called Men's Living, and Men's Living is another great male men's group. And uh, they had a we had a great meeting last night on uh, sex, love, and intimacy, and they have a circle of twelve guys in a circle talk vulnerably about sex, love, and intimacy. I mean, I was just so impressed by men for men who've never been in circle before men who've never been part of a men's group. You know, there was probably two or three of them that had never been part of a men's group before. And they stepped right into it and went and got vulnerable. And you could feel how thirsty it was like, like a sponge wanting water. Uh, you know, how, how we want to do this together. And ultimately don't we want to be part of something where men and, and our friends know us, know us, not the story that we're trying to pretend to be yeah. like when you know me and still love me, like my, my good, my bad, my ugly. That's what I get from great men's groups, right? Where I, I can bring that together and, and, and then, you know, they could challenge me, right? Um, yeah. to, to some great work. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And that's what really drew me to doing men's work. I'm going through, uh, you know, Paul, I won't tell all my, my, my story on the, on this, on this, in this episode, but I needed to find a place and they're in the low, in the location that I am here in Winnipeg, Canada, there isn't anything for men. And so when I saw that void, uh, I just knew that there needed to be a place for guys to come in where they can be free of shame, blame, and judgment. Mm-hmm. And and you said the same thing with the, with the mankind project, but it didn't mean we weren't you're not being held accountable. That's just how to do that, right? And it's about doing it in a different way. And I just think that, you know, much like the you know how the old way of you know, I'll call it the old way of you know getting together in a locker room. I and mean, we play lots of hockey. You know, you're in Chicago, lots of hockey, right? So you've always got uh, you know men, men's leagues and all that, and the beer leagues. But it's a different kind of conversation in that locker room than it is when you're getting around in a circle men and you're talking about some really deep stuff. And, uh, and I think that's really the catalyst. And I think we are shifting the perspective of, you know, the, the paradigm of being that, you know, of being the leader, you know, and, and being the breadwinner and all that, while that still has some value, it's not the most important pieces of what masculinity is. There's lots of other pieces that are starting to bubble up. And we talked as a forget on the show, I'm, 
really big fan of the work that Sacred Sons is doing in the U.S. and you know, and really helping men to understand and getting tied into their uh, into understanding their emotions and where that's coming from. And every man group, you know, there's lots of places that are doing it. And I just think it's so important that you guys got to find the right voice for you. And that's why I'm doing this work. That's why you're doing your work. So at some point, it's going to connect for somebody. And as long as we keep uh, moving forward, I think we're going to make a huge changes in the world today. Well, you know, what's fun is we're so, so as we look back in time, right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about where we're going as a world. Yeah. If we look backwards a little bit, you know, when we went from uh, horses to cars, let's say that's one X, right. The world changed one X, right. We went from no phones to phones. Let's say that's one X. Let's say no radios to radios, one X, right. All of a sudden TVs come in. Maybe that's one and a half X, right. In the eighties, when the computers came by, let's call that 10 X, right. All of a sudden we got computers that's changing today. We're let's say that we're at 15 X. Well, what's about to happen where, where the world's really going, the amount of change that's coming, you know, uh, on my podcast, the future factor, we, we talk about AI and where the world's going really what, what's about to happen to the world. It becomes a thousand X, right. Maybe even 10,000 X, the amount of change that's going to happen. Now, now it's really easy that when something like that comes by, I can check out, mm. right? I, I could I could just get overwhelmed. They'd be like, "That's it. It's too much. I can't take it. If I can't figure it all out, I'm not getting. If I can't get any of it figured out, I'm not doing anything, right? And I could check out and I can go to booze and alcohol and hide my head in the sand. But today, the amount of great things that are about to happen, the abundance of life, the places that we can change, if we can stay out of the fear, the opportunities for our kids, our daughters, our sons. Right. When we can look at them and go, hey, if we can be an example of staying emotionally sober, mm -hmm. right, and staying in that space where we're conscious, maintain our consciousness, not be run by my fears, anxieties, all that stuff that that chased me and checked me out. Right. Because I, I can check out. I mean, I, I, fear may be my favorite dope. Right. You know, I, I don't drink or do drugs anymore, but I can get in fear. Mm -hmm. and today that might be my my drug of choice it might be you know i get scared oh my god if i get scared and you know if i could take away my money or my sex or our relationship and i get in fear i can check out it blinds me and today if i can stay conscious no mm -hmm. matter what comes down the road right if i can work on that uh this next part of life is going to be the most abundant opportunities we've ever seen. The world has always been full of abundance. And, and that's what I really want. I think now is our time as men to gather each other's arms and say, look, let's work on this together and really bring in a level of consciousness that we've never had before. Yeah. Because each man I know, every man I've ever met, we all want the same thing. We want a better lives for our families. We want better lives for ourselves. I've, I've, I've really never met a malevolent man. I've met some men who are scared and some people awkward, but truth is when I reach across and I meet other men, we're similar. We all want, we all have in our hearts, the ability to work together. That's one of the greatest parts about being men is that we have yeah. really huge hearts and uh, we want better for our communities. We, we have this King energy that really does do a great job of, mm. of um, seeing our realms in a different way than, than even the women in our lives. Hey, look, they're great. They have their energy, but, you know, to be able to see the whole realm and, uh, and and how to support each part of that, I think, is is a gift that men have. And when we can stay conscious there, you know, that, 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 that's that's the part that I think the work that you do helps guide me. You know, uh, I was listening to your podcast the other day about, I forgot the guy's name, it's about food, checking out with food. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, 
how many times have I gotten into that game, right? I, I, that that podcast really helped me. And I've been working my behind off on on being conscious about what I'm eating since I've listened to that podcast. Like it, mm-hmm. it's helped me to just, you know, just notice it, like how I, I can swoop by in a second when I'm bored or anxiety and I can just, right. And then, you know, or sugars, right. My addictions of sugars, right. Uh, you know, sometimes I don't even know the things that drive me. So as other men show me those examples, like you do, yeah. I think that's the gift that we have for each other. Absolutely. And I think it's the key about, you know, one of the keys of, of that is that we have these behaviors that, uh, that pull us away from wanting us for us, wanting our ego, not wanting us to face our fears and face the shadow aspect of it. And you're starting to talk, you were talking a little bit about King energy and that. And, and I think, you know, we do some uh, shadow work as well in, in my group to, and for, for me, what that means is really looking at that thing, that part of us that we just don't like, you know, in the moment that we get emotionally triggered, you know, one of the places that we, we go to real quick is what's behind that. And, you know, what is that? What is, is there a shadow aspect there that, that mirror was somebody just put a mirror in front of you and some, and, and a lot of times that mirror can be our spouses mm-hmm. because they're a reflection of what's going on inside of us because we, we forget how we're showing up for them. And then they're perfect mirror for us to be able to learn and grow and you have daughters and that's you know uh, that's that's another way for us to show up as men and how how we want to right i have two boys so but if you had two daughters and i've interviewed other guys and they just talk about i just want them to to know that that they are enough as their as themselves that they don't need to have somebody else a man to tell them that they're that they're of any value that they have that within them so they grow up strong in character and you can only do that as a father, if you've done your work, you know, and because you're, you're doing that work with mankind and, and all these other, and all these other programs, it helps us develop and really grow as men. And then we we're modeling it. Right. And we model that. And I think that's the greatest way for us to really start to shift and move this paradigm away from the way it used to be, where it was all about brawn and, and grit is important. It's one of the virtues that we follow, but it's also balancing that with, with the kindness aspect of, of it. It's about bringing that, that lover and that magician energy into our lives that helps us really sink that in together so that when we are in our king energy in the fullest, that we're, we're decisive, yet we're not overbearing, right? We, can, we make better decisions. We make better choices. And we can see much clearer, much more clearly. It, it, it's fun. Being able to balance between our different archetypes is a gift, right? You know, I, I also have two sons, uh, you know, one's 30 and one's 20. And, and as I watch them on their journeys, they're both in different parts of their journey. Yeah. And uh, I honor that, right? Like, like each one of us has to go through our journey and I, 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 I want to you know lead by example, but I, you know, sometimes I want to, I want to shield them from the pain they're going to go through. And, but I know that that never worked for me. Right. I, I had to go through, I had to go through what I had to go through and, and as you know, maybe uh, the gift is just being there, you know, today yeah. I spent a lot of time really seeing my kids, yeah. right? really seeing them. And uh, in fact, I, I, I had it, I had it written on my hand until yesterday. I was, you know, really stop and see my kids even, even deeper today. Right. Just, mm-hmm. you know, see them. Right. I think that's a lot of the gift is I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to take away their learnings. They need to learn. But I, if I can see them and they know that they're being seen, yeah. right? Maybe that's the gift is, is that uh, 
you know, uh, what, what might some of the behaviors be? And I love when you talk about the shadow, like, like knowing that, right? Knowing that I have this shadow energy, this this thing that's kind of working against me, right? Or trying to bring this other life that I really don't want, but I, it, it kind of wants, right? It, it's, you know, my shadow energy will have me destruct my whole life. It'll, it'll, it doesn't want to kill me. It just wants to make me really miserable, right? <laughs> it, that shadow energy really, to me, feels like it wants to, you know, take me and everybody else around it. It, it wants to make you know, unrelate to others. And, you know, I, I, as I look at that shadow today, I, if I can get that shadow around front of me and I can see it and know, Oh, well, isn't that cute? That's, that's maybe uh maybe that's a little boy inside coming out, or maybe that shadow energy that's, that's coming there. And I, it, we have more than ever. What's amazing about where we are in this time of, of life is we have language that our fathers didn't have. My mm. father's never talked. My grandfather never talked like this. He had no idea. They just thought, shut up and be tough. Yeah. And they all wonder why they were, they were dying at, at, at such a young age. They, they were, they were tired, exhausted, why they had to act up and drink They They didn't have the language to articulate this stuff. Yeah. And um, as we now move into this next era together, it's getting faster for sure. It's going to get faster. And we start to be able to language a little bit better. It's, it, you know, it feels like to me, that's the spot yeah. that we need to be for each other as men. And that will lead to the, you know, to the women, in our lives. And, you know, even the mailman in our life, the mailman are, comes in our front door, lives a better life because we do our own work. We as men do our work. And then, you know, it kind of emanates out from there, which is, is a, a big gift. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is our work to do. And so, you know, the work is in the wound and we, and the moment that we can recognize that and start to do that work, then life for us changes and not just for us, but for those that are closest to us and expands. I, you know, my, my belief is that, you know, we fix, we, we do the work on ourselves to grow the depth of our families, bring our, bring the family, the idea of the family back together, the idea of the family can, then grows out to our communities. That brings the communities back together where you actually know your neighbor's name. You can go across and say, hi, you help each other on, on projects. And it's that type of a growth that, that we really need to see instead of all the things that's going on in social media and, you know, in politics today. And, and we just have to find time to disconnect from that and really come back to what's truly, what truly matters. And, and that's the people that are in our lives and we can have the most profound effect. So this is kind of leading to, to really a, a, an important question that I want to ask. And that is, what does legacy mean to you? Mm. Yeah. As, as you look at where we want to leave the world and, and how we want to be, you know, someone had me write my obituary the other day and I thought, well, what a great practice, right? It was this, uh, you know, as people, you know, line up around your casket, you know, what, what does he want them to say about the, the man that you were, right? The kind of life that you lived. And I don't know that, you know, it's, it's changed from where it was when I was a younger man, right? The things I have, the accomplishment I have, I want it to be more about the man I am, right? The way I am with others, right? The men, the other people in my life where I supported, right? It wasn't about my financial, you know, the houses I have, the cars I have. It, it's none of that. Today, it's about the people I, I serve. Mm -hmm. And there's some gift, some, the thing I never realized is, I could never, ever feel, no matter what I had, I've made some great money. Look, what's great about this work is if you do the work in business, you show up. And, and really, when you practice these principles in all my affairs, right? When I, when I start to look at 
the inventory that I am as a man. Like if I go look at my life and my inventory and then I go look at the character defects of my inventories, right? And really right, work on those character defects. Like, all right, I, I can't walk around and be a great business leader if I want to walk around and, and cussing like a sailor. That's not going to work, right? You, you can't you can't hire people and talk uh, negatively in, in business meetings and expect that you're going to grow great people. Uh, then, you know, if I really work on how I am with the customers and the relationships I have, right? If I practice those same things in my life, right? Where I... How do I treat my neighbors, right? How, how, how does my house look? Right? If I start with my bedroom and the, and the way I make my bed and the way that we clean the, the house and we start with those small principles and then we practice those things and go, all right, where, where are the character defects in the way that I live here at, at home? Well, am, am I practicing financial stability, right? Or, or am I on Amazon all day long buying all the crap I don't need because I can go unconscious. Oh, I saw this on, 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 on YouTube and now I need that. Look, I, there's a million things I never knew I needed until I see it on, on on the internet. All of a sudden, I'm like, I need that. No, you don't. Yeah, I, I have, I've got so many things today. I'm practicing not having things, mm. and um, our world is built on on things, right? Things. Yeah. And if I look at my my financial stability, how my how my spending in my home, uh, you know, what, what are the principles that I'm following? Not that I can't have nice things. I mean, I like some nice things, but today I, I, I practice when to do that, how to do that in a, in a conscious yeah. way, right? In, in a really conscious way. Like, yeah. do I, do I need that or not need that? And did I really think that through or was it an unconscious buy? Cause I would say most of the things I've ever bought most, I, I mean, I, even in, in my greatest States today, I go unconscious still today mm. and I buy things that I don't need. And um, this is a great book. I just got done reading. Uh, uh, it's called the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. Nice. And they, and they talk about this, um, this, this imaginary line, right? And, and like when you're below the line, you're a victim, a villain. You're in this kind of negative energy space. When you're above the line, you become, you know, a hero. You become a coach. You become, um, you know, the, the ability to serve others. And I would say that after reading the book, I realized I spent a lot of my life below the line, mm. right? And it's kind of fear-based mentality. And just every once in a while, when I do good work, I get a chance to be above the line and see how I can serve others. Maybe how I can be a coach. Right. And in that, I I get a real sense of, of a steam of blacks that feel better and uh, ultimately have me, you know, live better in a, in a different way. So I think that's, that's a real important thing to, to, for us to look at. I thought it was a great book. It's, it's a, uh, Yeah. We're gonna add that. Uh, we're gonna add that book into our one of our book of the month. Uh, one of these months coming up for sure. Great, man. Book. We had had such a great conversation today, Anthony. That it, maybe there was something we haven't spoken about. But if there was one thing that you'd like our members to take away with today, what would that be? In this now period that we're coming to, more important than ever before to stay conscious, to stay as conscious as we can. And what I mean by that is physically conscious, right? Sobriety, sober, really staying in a spot where it's okay to be uncomfortable, right? It's okay. It's okay that you're going to go through it. Be uncomfortable, right? Same thing with emotional sobriety, right? Watch out for the fears, ang uh, fear, anger, and anxiety. Anytime I'm mad, it's always my fault, right? How I react to life is how I, and what's coming up is, when I stay there, what I know about men, what I know about us is that we are the most creative, something, people that we can count on. And the world opportunities for us and our families will be so damn abundant that 
uh, it's the right spot to be in. And, you know, just stay stay away from checking out, right? If if we can help our other brothers uh, in that same spot, stay as conscious as we can. uh, And uh, from there, we'll find, you know, just an enormous amount of happiness. Ah, perfect. Well, that is outstanding. I just want to say thank you so much, Anthony, for spending time with me today. And I think we showed that, you know, even through some of the ter- some of the things of masculinity, like grit and determination, that we can still achieve our dreams if we and do great things in the world if we remain conscious. And so, if men or anyone wanted to get, we're interested in getting a hold of you, maybe get involved with some of the work that you're doing. What would be the best way for them to do that? Two great groups: uh, Men's Living. Uh, you can find it up here. Uh, uh, Todd and his group have done an amazing job uh, called Men's Living. You'll you'll find the logo. It's a circle. It says Men's Living on it. The other one's MKP, Man- Mankind Project. Another great group around the world, worldwide organization that uh, uh, bring men together. It's great, uh, great practices for that. And then you can get a hold of me anywhere uh, at Future Factory. Please come see my, my podcast. It's uh, We talk about the future and AI and kind of where we see the world and men going uh, as, as we look forward. Uh, to the future. So I, I'm grateful to to be on your show. I I, I really no, I want you to know I love your show. The work you do is amazing and it's abundant and uh, I, I get a great nugget out of every one of them. Really appreciate that. Well, I'm going to make sure I put the, all that information in the in the show notes as well as links to your to your business. So I, somebody, if they're really inspired and they want to reach out and have a chat with you, make sure they can do that. I just want to say once again, thank you so much for being on the show. It was an outstanding conversation. Thanks, so. Thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Man podcast. Are you ready to own your destiny? To become more the man you are destined to be? Join the brotherhood that is the Awakened Man at theawakenedman.net and start forging a new destiny today.